Yeah, so it's really interesting because actually before I got into this work, I as very ignorant to sports was like, oh, the Olympics have just been continuous since ancient Greece, which is an insane thing to believe because they were, <laughs> they did not do that. They, they The modern Olympics were created in the late 19th century um, by this guy named uh, Baron de Coubertin, who um, is in, yeah, I mean, you can tell by the name, like, what type of dude this is, right? He sounds like he fights um, Sonic the Hedgehog on uh, weekends. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, yeah, he's, like, got a supervillain name for sure. Um, And uh, the whole creation of the Olympics is, like, really predicated on it being a uh, space for elites to spend money, make money, and be able to, like, witness sport as some kind of, like, you know, pastime for the ultra-rich. So the International um, Olympic Committee, the IOC, is just, like, full of historically and now, you know, like, royalty, um, oligarchs, uh, these type of, like, global elite. um, Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger is is, uh, a member of the IOC, which means... He gets paid more money to just attend the Olympics and watch than the athletes get paid to participate. Um, You know, just uh, an absolute war criminal um, that is a part of this uh, institution. So So this is kind of like, you know, when people who look cool get paid to hang out at a nightclub. It's that, but Henry Kissinger at like a, a swimming competition. Exactly. Yeah. Falling asleep in the stands. There's like pictures of him like dead asleep while something's going on. Oh, my God. That's so interesting because it makes sense that this is just um, sort of a social club for, you know, Epstein circle-ish ruling elites and uh, wealthy people that control the world. But it's marketed as, you know, this like wholesome thing for... It's sports, but it's for smart people, you know? Like, it has some sort of project to it that it's enriching the world with its culture or something. Right. Yeah, so- and if I if I can just add to what, what Annie was saying, like, going back to when the Olympics were first restarted in the late 1800s to, you know, even in the 19, you know, the 1932 Olympics were held here in Los Angeles during, like, a, a worldwide depression, and, like, no other city wanted them, and that is actually... LA's place in the Olympic legacy is that we're the place that gets them because no one else will have them. Like, mm. even in 1932, there was Olympic resistance. There was people here in LA that were protesting against the Olympics coming here because even then they knew that it was it was a thing for elites. It was going to cost us a lot of money and it was going to change the landscape of the city. I think one of the things that people don't realize, like the the palm trees we have here in LA, were brought in for the 1932 Olympics. They're not native to LA. Really? So they're going to start. They have a lifespan about a, about a hundred years. So they're going to start dying in, in <laughs> basically by, if twenty LA twenty twenty eight happens, um, which you know it won't because we're here. But um, if it does, those trees will start dying right around that time. So it'll be a nice little sort of everything coming full circle. The Olympic machine, you know, terrorizing the city once more, and 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 its gifts that it gave us or whatever uh, dying out. I think it's a pr- pretty good little little optic in in twenty twenty eight for that to happen.